Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Well, we're working our way through uh, the 28-day generosity challenge. Some of y'all are doing that day by day. They're daily challenges. They're, they're quite good. They're oftentimes a little intense, but they're eye-opening. They have been for me, uh, while others are listening from Sunday to Sunday to, to just see what we find in that material. We've talked about being grounded in generosity, about having our lives revealed through prayer, and today we talk about what it means to have our life sealed by faith, sealed by faith. We're going to look at Luke 19 and see what we can learn from the surprising new birth of Zacchaeus's faith. Miss Tammy got us started on Zacchaeus. Let's pray together before we hear Luke 19. Lord, we thank you for a beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. We're grateful for worship for your presence here, for each other. We thank you that we can look around and see one another and know that we share this journey of life and faith together. Would you now, O oh God, pour out your Holy Spirit in a fresh way to open our hearts and minds to what you say to us through this story of Zacchaeus. We pray this in the name of Jesus. May the people of God say, Amen. Luke 19, beginning in the first verse, let's hear the word of God. Jesus entered into Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus because he was going to pass by that way. When Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble. What did they begin to do? What, did, what was it? Can y'all show me how to grumble? Do y'all know? Can you do some grumbling? That's pretty good, yeah. I've heard better, but that's pretty good. That's, that's okay. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, he certainly had, <laughs> I will pay back four times as much. 
Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost, the lost, the Word of God for the people of God. And so we say, thanks be to God. Before we really get into this, I want you to to first think about the most impossible situation in your life, the one right now, the most impossible situation in your life, the one that has the least amount of hope, the one where things are bad and getting worse. (laughs) Most of them, if we're honest, have names and faces, don't they? That's just how that tends to to work. They, They have long stories full of twists and turns. Now, Now, as you think about the most impossible situation in your life, I want you to think of just one or two words to describe that situation. Can you get one or two words to describe the current most impossible situation? You got them? You got one or two words? You got them, Andrew? You got I'm not going to call on you, both Andrews. You got two words? Okay. Turn to your neighbor and let your neighbor share first their two words or one word, and then you share yours. Go, do it. Do it. Turn to your neighbor and share Oh, do you, do you hear that? You hear that sound? That's the sound of despair. That's the sound of despair sweeping through the house of the Lord. That's what that is. But it's okay. Don't be ashamed or embarrassed about that. This is normal. It's normal to have these situations and to have even these feelings. We call them life. We call all of it just life. It's just part of life. It's part of our story. We might all, well, many of us, hide behind a happy face mask and march around like everything is just perfect all the time. But the truth is, we all tend to have these impossible situations of one kind or another. The constant despair and hopelessness that they bring can lead to a life of grumbling, if we're not careful. Grumbling. The crowd who just watched Jesus come through Jericho, they, they grumbled. They grumbled, just like the scribes and the Pharisees. They grumbled when they saw Jesus connect with Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. They said, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Does Jesus not know who this is? This is an exceptionally rich tax collector who has been ripping us off on behalf of the Romans for the last 25 years. That's who this is. Does Jesus not know that? Doesn't Jesus remember his own parable? I mean, he just told it it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for Zacchaeus, a rich, sorry tax collector, to get through to the kingdom of God. Zacchaeus, you see, has been marked by the whole community as an impossible case, an impossible situation. You can hear them grumbling still. Why would Jesus waste his time on Zacchaeus? Why would he do that? What would it be for you to be marked out by your whole community as an impossible case, an impossible situation? What if that were you? What if you were the impossible situation I don't like to think about impossible cases, but I'll tell you, the older I get, the more I understand what the old preachers have always told me. They say, there are just some people who aren't going to change. A leopard cannot change its spots. Don't waste your time on that one. (laughs) I've heard that. You've heard that from wise people too. Don't waste 
your time. I do find myself, this is a confessional moment, I do find myself measuring the effort I'm willing to pour into some impossible case against the likelihood of that person becoming a more faithful expression of the good news of Jesus Christ. If there is not much hope, why waste the time, the energy, the effort? Oh, my goodness. I hate even to say that, to make that confession, because cynicism drips from that statement like a, like a three-scoop ice cream cone on a hot summer day. It might make life more fun and easier, but it sure does leave a mess, doesn't it? It sure does. Cynicism sure does leave a mess. Zacchaeus really had built a personal empire by defrauding his own people. That's what he had done. That's how he had to do. That's just how the tax collection system worked. You can just about guarantee that Zacchaeus' wife, Mrs. Zacchaeus, rode all around Jericho in a very fine Rolls Royce carriage. I'm sure that's what she did. She was dripping with jewelry and, and costly perfume. She had a carload of Hebrew servants to attend to her every need. Their children, you can just rest assured, their children went to the finest schools. They had the best clothes. And the people, they knew where all of that money came from. Every time they looked at Zacchaeus, they knew where that money came from. That ring she's wearing, that's my son's college fund. <laughs> that delicious perfume that she always has on. I know where that came from. That was last year's Christmas money I wound up having to pay to Zacchaeus when he gave me an inflated tax bill just because he could. That cashmere sweater she's sporting today, the one, the matching one that he's got on, I know what that is too. I had to pay all of that just to get his thugs to leave me alone last year. That's where they got that. I know where all that stuff came from. You can hear the people, they're angry. No wonder they're grumbling. I'm sure Zacchaeus knew how they all felt about him. I'm sure he knew. Yet, even he got caught up in the excitement of Jesus coming through Jericho he had, he had heard about the blind man being healed just outside of Jericho. Zacchaeus wanted to see too. He'd heard about Jesus blessing the children up on the hillside. He heard about that. He wanted to be blessed too, just like those little children. He, he threw dignity to the wind. He ran through town to get ahead of the procession. Zacchaeus was a short man. He had to climb up in a tree, just like Tammy said, so that he could see Jesus just so he could see and get a look at Jesus. I'm sure he took off his Gucci loafers before he shimmied up that tree. <laughs> no doubt Zacchaeus had a good view of Jesus from that tree. No doubt Zacchaeus could look at Jesus. But Jesus saw Zacchaeus. Did you catch that? Jesus saw Zacchaeus. And Jesus honored him as a beloved child of God. Now, Zacchaeus may have been a rich and powerful man in his little corner of the world, but it's been a long time since anybody has seen Zacchaeus as a fellow human being, as a person of sacred worth, hungry for a chance at true life. Jesus called his name right there in front of God and everybody. He said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. I've got to go to your house today. Zacchaeus welcomed Jesus into his home, and then 
the impossible happened. The impossible happened. Zacchaeus stood before Jesus, before God, a human person hungry for a life sealed by faith in the one true God. And then Jesus did what Jesus does. He believed into Zacchaeus something that Zacchaeus could have never believed into himself. He saved Zacchaeus into new life. Zacchaeus responds with life-altering promises emerging emerging from this faith which Jesus has now birthed in him. We discover that Zacchaeus has been listening. He's been paying attention all along the way. He's been listening to John the Baptist. Zacchaeus said, I'm giving half of everything I have to the poor, a thank offering. That's John the Baptist, a thank offering. Zacchaeus has been listening to Moses. He doubles the Mosaic requirement. He said, I'm going to pay back four times what I have defrauded from people, and I'm not going to do business that way anymore. Zacchaeus has been listening along the way. You can't help but wonder what his wife and children are thinking as all of this is playing out in front of them. I guess we're going to have to have some yard sales <laughs> to get this done. I guess we're going to have to give up our vacation villas. I guess our lives are going to change significantly because of the promises Zacchaeus is making about how he's going to live his life differently since he's encountered Jesus. Jesus says, salvation has come to this house today. Zacchaeus has discovered through faith in the Son of God what he could not find in money power, or anything else. He is being made whole. He is being saved. His response to Jesus tells us just how deep this faith in Jesus is. Then comes verse 10. We hear the purpose of Jesus. It says, for the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost to seek out and to save the impossible, the hopeless, the despairing. Jesus sought out Zacchaeus to save him. It makes me just want to rise up and say to that grumbling crowd, what did y'all say about that camel? What about that camel? What about that camel? Guess what, people? The camel has just gone through the eye of the needle. His name is Zacchaeus, and Jesus made it happen because that's what Jesus does. Never underestimate the power of a life-changing, faith-giving encounter with the risen, living Son of God. For what is impossible with mortals is always possible with God. So we wonder, what does it look like for us to live not grumbling with the crowd, but hoping with Jesus that all can find true life sealed by faith in Jesus Christ, life that is full of joy, peace, hope, love, a love that works beyond the impossible. What does it look like? Well, it looks like standing proudly with the 65-year-old woman, believing that Jesus is going to bring her son out of addiction. Even though she's been waiting, believing, and praying for 20 years, we are proud to stand with her, to pray with her, to believe with her that God is going to do the impossible yet. It looks just like our skeleton crew teaching 105 English language learners this fall, just this fall, so that they can get their citizenship and make this country their new home. An impossible task for a few people to teach that many? Yes, but it's not impossible for these people. They know Jesus. Jesus knows them. Jesus is at work in their midst. 
It looks like 60 new discipleship mentors giving their time to make sure that our 6th and 7th graders have a close friend in faith as we all grow in our faith in Jesus. It looks like a whole community of Christ followers believing the best about each other and those around us even when the world tells us not to do that. Why do we do it? Because our lives have been sealed by faith and we believe Jesus can bring the best out of anybody. It looks like you choosing every day to hope that God has something better for you and for the whole world than just what we can see with our eyes. And it starts by following Jesus and learning to see each other as human persons who are loved by God, no matter what and no matter who. When we follow Jesus to Zacchaeus' house, we get awfully close to our true purpose too. We learn to see what Jesus sees. We learn to live lives of hope sealed by faith in Jesus. And we realize the precious gift that we've been given to share with the world. Right now, I want for you to think about the most hopeful situation in your life. What is the most hopeful situation in your life? Think about that for just a minute. Think of a word or two or three that describes the most hopeful situation in your life. Have you got it? The two Andrews, have you got the most hopeful situation? Yes? Okay. Turn to your neighbor and tell them about the most hopeful situation in your life. Let's hear those words. Go, do it, do it. Do it. 